Hello, my name is PJ Alex, and this is HR Paper Stacks, and we are your hosts for the next arbitrary block of time. Our goal is to entertain, enlighten, and examine all things dope. Each week, we're bringing you breakdowns of the hottest new music, commentary on the newest media from around the web, and the latest news from the world of tech. This is Virtual Dopeness. Lakewood means rewind, a gunshot means forward. You requested it, so we rewind. Hello, listeners. Welcome to our music segment. This week, we are talking about Drake's If You're Reading This Is Too Late and a little bit about getting in-depth with someone on, on their music enjoyment. So this week is a special week because we actually are in the studio with one of my good friends that I know loves music and my travel buddy to Coachella, one of them later on this year, uh, Miss KC. Hey everyone, I'm Keish, um, Twitter handle Keisha FNC, K-E-S-H-I-A-E-F-F-I-N-C, um, anybody follow back, but I have a degree in computer science and math, my master's is in database management, I currently work as a developer for mobile and web applications for a top telecom- telecommuni- telecommunications company. You got it. Woo! Um, yeah, so... Like Paul said, I love music. Um, it's my life. Kind of have it tattooed all over me. It, it it basically makes me happy, makes me eat, makes me drink, <laughs> makes me fall asleep finally. But yeah, it's my <laughs> life, it's my world, and I'm happy to be here. Wonderful, and we welcome you. We welcome you. So, we can just jump right into the homie Drake's mixtape is it an album is it a what is it because it kind of dropped out of the thin air on the itunes so it, it's not like it, it it that piffed itself in the world it was you it was 12.99 um he actually got my 12.99 he didn't get mine <laughs> he got my 12.99 and this is because actually in preparation for the show i thought we were going to launch sooner than we did so that's just full disclosure um and i was like oh shoot that's awesome. Let's let's do this Drake track first, and then then some things happen. Um, speaking of things happening, just just roll this back for a second, guys. You may be wondering to yourself, where is Mister HR Paper Stacks? HR, um, much like Max, is uh, wrapped up in some things. He's got some things going on uh, with work, and he won't be with us for a little while. But he might be sliding in guest spots here and there. But he will be back. So if you're if you're an HR Paper Stacks fan. Um, follow him on Twitter and tweet him words of encouragement because he is deep in work right now. Anywho, so back to Toronto. Um, we going back to the six. So this this mixtape album, whatever have you, dropped in the middle of the night, and he pulled a Beyonce. He, he did. did. He did because because as they're saying, uh, release dates are played out now. I mean. Who has a release date anymore? And certainly with how Kendrick dropped, <laughs> they didn't even make a difference. <laughs> so, oh, Drake, uh, Kendrick review. We'll talk about that in a later episode. So we'll get to that. But Drake. So, Casey, overall impression, what did you think of, if you're reading this, it's too late. One of the longest titles in history next to Lupe. First, let's talk about how the fact that his albums are definitely getting a lot longer. His album titles. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I can't write that out. We all hashtag this thing now. Like, there's no point in me saying, if you're reading this, it's too late. Because, shit, I should be asleep by then. <laughs> but, anyway, I don't know. Um, to me, one first listen of this album... There was a lot of musical hits to where I was like, okay, okay, I can see I'm going to listen to this song again. But all together, the whole mixtape, I'm sorry for calling the album again, because he created a what, 17 track mixtape. Of all original of beats. all original beats and like long ass flows, like for real flows. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. He definitely, he's definitely grown musically. So he didn't really go into him fully singing about his past loves and how he's in a corner speaking to the wall like normal 
But he for real came out where he felt like he was from the six again. So this album, it was one of those mixtapes that truly showed that Drake was growing up. Truly showed why so many people love him. Showed that he's so on top right now because he really came at it with a whole new aspect compared to what we're seeing on the album. So like, I'm ready, prepared to see View from the Six. I'm ready for it to come out now. Okay, okay, I can I can understand all that. Here's where I'm gonna go with it though. <clears throat> I feel like this album was great background music, but very forgettable. It had elements that were good. It had pieces that were good. Had some dope intertwined stuff. It had a couple of cool lines. Uh, but I feel like, yes, he's grown up, but I feel like this is nothing was the same part two. Like this was the leftovers. This is the stuff they took off and nothing was the same and sat it over here in a corner. Minus one track, minus minus uh, six p.m. in, in uh, New York. Yeah, um, I almost said Toronto. That's another one, but <laughs> but I feel like this was the leftovers. And if one of the rumors about the this this mixtape album is true, where it was like uh, he was dropping this so that Young Money could split off, I can understand that. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like it was it was a lot of background music. I feel like a lot of it is forgettable, and. I haven't felt like that since, honestly, the album that nobody talks about. Um, his second album, which was his first album, which was his second album. Um, uh, the damn one with fireworks. Because that's the only song I remember off of it, honestly. The one right after So Far Gone. Twitter, correct me. Please correct me. You know, I asked you to correct me last episode. Correct me this episode too, because I feel like it wasn't that great. Like I'm anticipating views from the six because of elements of this album, but I'm not hyped for it. So you didn't find any. So what elements really make you say, "Hey, this is a good. This was a good song," I guess, because you don't really like the mixtape as a whole. As a whole, I feel like, and somebody said this on Twitter really well. That it sounds like one good song remixed 17 times. And like different elements, like literally remixed, thrown different elements thrown in, different verses thrown on. I could definitely say like this album is a lot darker mm-hmm. than you would expect Drake to. Well, let me not say expect Drake to be because he is a crybaby. But <laughs> it's more so darker in the terms of what he's talking about. Like especially like the song that he dedicated straight to his mom. Like he's... Which I found a little disrespectful. I, I, if I, I would have gotten smacked, my mom is the nicest person in the world, too. and if I was talking to her like that, I'd have gotten too. smacked. I said that too, but sometimes you gotta learn when you gotta tell your mom, "Hey, pull back. Like, let me live my life, and That's you real. got this." Because hey, when I was on my wheelchair Jimmy life, I was giving you all the money <laughs> I got, and I have nothing from wheelchair Jimmy. You know what I mean? Like, That's sometimes true. you gotta push back. I get it. I get it. But. With Drake with this, I just felt like he he makes you he makes you think a lot more. Like he makes you just think about what he's really saying versus the the hype about him being Drake, period, and the hype about who he's dating at this time. He just makes you think he just basically says, I'ma get this shit off my chest. I sat in a room, he talks about it. I sat in a room, haven't been in the studio for a week straight, and I just got everything out. It might be the leftovers from um nothing was the same but he literally got everything he wanted out mm-hmm. that's how i feel about it okay so so what were your highlights of the album what are your what are your ones that you want to hit on like um i'll start off with me first off he has renamed an entire city and coined a phrase that is not going to go away anytime soon with running through the six with my woes which i encourage you all to go to rap genius and read the explanation behind that because it's absolutely freaking hilarious um, <laughs> it makes sense because I'm not going to go into explanation. Y'all look that up. That, 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 that's, that's your homework. <laughs> but um, so that was on Know Yourself. Um, Legend, which is the first track. The So Anxious sample is crazy. Like, you can't n- not love So Anxious. It's- and it's like definitely one of the most upbeat songs on the album. Yeah. And that's what makes it a great song for real. Exactly. And, okay, so I'll just run through my list. So, Energy, and because my list is short, let, let's go with that. <laughs> energy, 
Um, Energy is going to be be a good track to ride around with for at least the spring into the summer. Probably probably until something else is going to knock it out. Um, one of the big things that they said that, that, that top, like every song on it was on Billboard somewhere. Yeah, I found that crazy. I, I didn't believe that. I found it crazy, but I can understand it because nobody knew what song to play. Think about it. <laughs> nobody knew which song are we going to lead with. And since he just dropped it the way he did, I'm, I guarantee like they probably had the conversations background with the radio stations and stuff like they always do. But but I feel like this is more from Spotify than Radio Play. Because Radio Play, yeah, we That's play right. everything, but it's just clips of it. Mm-hmm. It's not the full song. I feel like it's Spotify. And like, I, I didn't think about it, but what you said, when they didn't know what to play, I can see that. Because I did definitely, when I went through the whole album, I was like, okay, I got a few songs. Like, like my songs right now, Preach, because I'm a really big Party Next Door fan right now. Mm-hmm. And all I do is go to my friends and be like, Preach, Preach, <laughs> Preach. You know, that's my, that's, my, that's my jam. Legend, 10 bands. Madonna, only because of the beginning, I don't know half the times what he's saying in that song. I had to go to Rap Genius just to figure it out. And then it made sense. And I was just like, you know, Drake just going through it. <laughs> it's just whatever. Thank me later. Sorry. that I told y'all I was random. <laughs> <laughs> I told y'all I was random. I warned you that in episode one. <laughs> but Thank Me Later was the album that I was, that I was talking about, which I'll comment on that later. But um, I... I can feel those songs. Preach, like you said, is a good song. I, I, I don't, I don't think I made anything. Uh, Six Man, I, I enjoyed. Yeah. Six Man, I enjoyed, especially the the Erica Badu like part in it. Um. And of course, six six p.m. in in New York, uh, he takes a shot at the uh, nigga I can't stand. Oh, Tiger Polanski, he uh, <laughs> Tiger seventeen year old loving Polanski. He uh, he he he. he Takes a shot at him. Now, was it a necessary shot? Probably not. Cause I don't know. Really... I feel like it was a necessary <laughs> shot because Tiger did come for him in the previous interviews. And Drake just said, like, he said it for a mixtape. It was just like 6 p.m. When, 6 p.m. in New York was one of his songs on the album where he was like, I'm just going to kill. I'm going to freestyle. I'm going to go, well, mm-hmm. maybe not fully freestyle, but mm-hmm. I'm just going to go all in. And that's how that song comes off. It comes off as... He was in New York, and he was just rattling out whatever he needed to do. He's hearing in the back of his head, oh, Tiger's talking shit. Dude, you dating a fucking 17-year-old. Like, who the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, stop acting your girlfriend's age. And I feel that. Like, I feel like that that one song, really, he wanted to show his skills. He wanted to show that he's becoming a better rapper. I feel Just like that interview that he had, or, yeah, they had with Lil Wayne, where all these people are saying they need to go to the studio, but they don't got no music. Just go in the studio and... Put out what you feel. Put it out and get the music after. Like people don't know how to make music no more because they always want to have that that beat that can get the radio, get the ratchets out here nowadays. Mm-hmm. And that shit is killing me. Like what the fuck? <laughs> I I hundred percent agree. So okay. So overall thoughts. I think we kind of expressed on the album. Those are my highlights. That's that's all I I, I really. This is this is a first disagreement. I, I would say on a virtual dopeness. Um, we want to hear your thoughts, of course. Um, so definitely hop up on uh, virtualdopeness.com or hit us up on Twitter at, at virtualdopeness. Um, exciting news at the end of this episode, by the way, uh, on the outro. Exciting news. Um, but we're going to uh, change gears a little bit. And Keisha's and, and, uh, not entirely expecting this because I actually thought our discussion of this would go longer. But um, uh, I may say something about the mixtape. I do no 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 no. don't get me wrong okay don't get me wrong I'm a big I mean light skin is trying to come back at all but you just shut look 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 no 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 no. understand I I like Drake I I honestly do but do you I do um nothing was the same had its hits that I still bang a little bit to this day uh thank me later is always on the the rerun. Like it, it's always going to go off the iPod, but then come back on eventually. Like I, I, I would. That's come the album. Comeback season. Comeback season was always going to be on repeat. Um, so far gone is on my phone right now. True, true. Like so, I'm a fan of Drake. I don't give him as much grief as a lot of other people do. It's just some of this stuff. It just sounds the same to me. And 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 even though he has different producers, they all start to sound like 40 and 
it, it bugs me because I believe he can do better. I know he can do better, and, and I know he can do more enjoyable and different wider range of stuff. So he has grown, but, I mean, shit, Kanye grew, and we started not liking him. Well, I don't know, because I still like Kanye. <laughs> I Kanye love Kanye, but Kanye went to a whole nother level. Art, and people keep <laughs> expecting him to still be this graduation-style mm-hmm. person when, if I'm growing, why do you want me to stay the same? Exactly. People who want you to stay the same are niggas who can't ever make <laughs> it in fucking life. <sighs> awesome. And Okay, so... We Kanye is a whole nother show. We are reserving the epic Kanye conversation for when he drops this album, which we've all speculated is going to be soon. But as me and HR talked about last episode, believe that Kendrick's dropping pushed his album back because everybody going to have their own month in the words of HR paper stacks. So, um, (laughs) so in these last couple of minutes, I want to ask you some questions about your musical taste. So, like I said, this, this was actually, I carved out, that possibly would use this in another episode somewhere else. But you know what? Let's start it now. I, I like that. Um, keep people on their toes. So some of these are tough. Some of these are going to be really easy. So let's start off with a toughie. Who is your favorite artist of all time? Lord. <laughs> of all time. This is the hardest for people who really, really listen to music. I know, because I never can tell people. I always have to give them a ranking of listen. <laughs> Favorite artist of all time. Somebody I can just listen to mm-hmm. nonstop mm-hmm. and not even skip a song. Is that what you mean? Like, yeah, pretty much. Like, okay, your yeah. mood will change, but at the same time, you can always come back to that artist. You know what, for real, for real? Like, if you say it like that and not skip a song, Biggie. Okay. Not even to say I was grown up in, the, in New York, but... It had to be Biggie because I grew up on it and like all his songs was just it touched me like and granted I started I feel like this is how people on the west coast are with Tupac mm-hmm. and I felt if I grew up with Tupac I'd probably feel the same way because I love Tupac's poetry and the way he just spits mm-hmm. but Biggie is like that for me mm-hmm. okay so who's your favorite artist of the moment Kendrick Lamar <laughs> and J. Cole let me not say that but Kendrick Lamar right now just because I'm off of his album high right now to pimp a butterfly like he just from his first album from high power from you don't even like understand with section 80 like Kendrick just like was that new bring it back to when I was in high school matter of fact <laughs> elementary school listening to tapes listen to actual <laughs> tapes and they had skits with the whole album Hey, hey, hey. Like the whole album was a story, and I love that Kendrick brought it back to that. So everything about it, his whole, his movement, his process, his flow. Kendrick, Kendrick is me right now. Like, I'm, I'm Kendrick. Awesome. Okay, so, okay, we're going to switch to the easy one. What's the last song you played on your phone? Car right over here. Drake, preach. <laughs> <laughs> like I told you, preach, preach. All right, uh, right now, what's your favorite party song? You go, you're going out. What song do you want to hear? Fetty Wap Trap Queen. <laughs> as ratchet as that sounds right now, and people who have heard it understand, it just gets me in this just like weird. I got this inner ratchet is ready to come out. Hey, just, that's my shit right now. Okay, okay. Uh, not not gonna lie to you, I listened to that on the way back from. Voting today. Go vote, people. Like, if, I know by the time this rolls, but I'm saying the next time there's a voting opportunity to go vote. Um, what artists do you identify most with? It's never going to be one artist because I am so... Unique is not the word, but I'm so <laughs> all over the place. Like I have, I'm a matter of fact, emotional roller coaster. But is it Tedra Moses? That might be it. But that's how it. That's how I am in my head, and that's how music plays for me. Like in the morning, I wake up to good ass intro by Chance the Rapper. <laughs> by the end of the day, I'm listening to some Jasmine Sullivan saying, "I'm gonna bust the windows out your car" kind of situation. So my emotions play fully off of music. So there's no one artist that can represent me because I am so much all over the place that there's music that pulls in every part of my body. Okay. All right. What album or song, either or, work of music, 
takes you to a good place. Takes you. It, it could be takes me back to reminding you riding around with your friends in high school, or it could be it's just a good time you had with somebody. What what song takes you there? Or song or album? That's definitely a hard one. <laughs> Takes me there. Mm-hmm. Bruh. <laughs> it's tough. It's, it, what? I'm you? Stumped. Without an opinion? What? When does this happen? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's a genre more so like like 90s music. Like that ah, back in okay. the day 90s music. Just... In the club and like basement party kind of music, like even especially even reggae basement kind of music, like that takes me back to a life where I just had the most type of fun in my life, where I had no worries, I had no bills, <laughs> just always in a party, didn't really have to care about waking up the next morning. Like I'm old now, <laughs> but I would say '90s music versus just an artist and album. Like I said, I, there's too much music out there that I've listened to and that I love for me to always. I can never pin, pinball myself into one okay. one area. I can never do that. That's definitely understandable. Okay, so last one. This is going to be kind of random. And because you're not, we're going to end it on something random. What's your favorite artist that never made it? <laughs> I'm talking about your one-hit wonder or, or just somebody you used to listen to back in the day. Mr. Sheeks doesn't count. Alexis the Cooks in the Benz. Um, no. <laughs> you know, at one point I used to say it was Tiana Taylor mm-hmm. until she came oh, out with this album late last year mm-hmm. because she has such a dope singing voice. She's a she's a great talent. If people are out there, go look back to the miseducation of Tiana Taylor. Like she even back to Google Me, like she has such potential and nothing ever played out for so many years. And when she came out with this album seven, it was just like there it is. This is it. Like, and, that, <laughs> and that's how I felt. That Tiana Taylor probably would have been that person that I would have thought never would have got on. But mm-hmm. when she came on, she killed it. And, and I love that. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to take a break real quick. Howard, one of our sponsors. And uh, in the great words of HR Paper Stacks, go pay these bills. This week's episode of Virtual Dopeness is brought to you by Hope. As in hoping we're going to get a sponsor one day. Hope. How audacious of me. Welcome back to uh, Today in Media. We're going to be talking about Black Mirror. You actually just heard the intro uh, credits to Black Mirror on the way into this segment. Black Mirror is a British program. Um, debuted originally in 2011 and really goes into a mini, it's a mini series. It's not necessarily a, a full length TV show. It's a mini series that explores the evils of everyone's, the world's obsession with technology. So just to know, just, just a little background on me. Uh, I love British shows. Um, not so much Downton Abbey, but, I got put on to this show by our lovely guest, uh, KC. And, but before that, I was a big fan of other British shows. Like, a lot of people know that The Office started out in, in, in the UK and came to America. Um, a number of shows have done that and done it successfully. There was supposed to be a reboot of Luther in the United States. That I don't think is happening anymore. Um, there's been some epic fails in the United States, too. Uh, namely, this is... Uh, I'm using Black Mirror to backdoor my love of Skins. Skins, they tried to bring to MTV and failed miserably. I think it it died after four or five episodes, or at least that's when everybody stopped watching. Maybe they aired the rest. But Skins, honestly, in my opinion, the British, the UK version of Skins, the first two seasons are some of the best dramatic television, if not the best dramatic television I've ever seen. So I could spend an hour and a half talking about skins alone we won't (laughs) i might in another episode in a shortened episode just about skins by myself because apparently nobody else has paid attention to watch it with me um except for except for the uh homie uh fly nerd um shout out fly nerd so black mirror um 
I, I say my own personal experience with Black Mirror is after every episode, I had to go sit somewhere with all my screens, television, phone, otherwise off and think about my life. KC, what about you? Yeah, <laughs> it definitely made me um, think about how I am on social media. Think about as being a nerd as I am and I work with technology all day as in how crazy this world has become because of the growth of technology and there's a lot of stuff that I was like oh that might be a cool idea and then I was then I saw the downside and I was like oh (laughs) definitely not going to do that anymore it was um all I'm gonna say people go to Netflix pull down Black Mirror watch it when you're like not home alone and it's not dark (laughs) and just be get your mind fucked. I don't know how else to say that. Like for real. Honestly, they do this in a very like methodical, psychological way. And we're gonna try to talk about these and, and make allusions to episodes and things to interest you, not to spoil them. Because really, the 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 format of these episodes is you watch, you think you know what's going on, and then it goes left. It goes completely left and then keeps going left, makes a circle, then goes down a block, makes a right and comes back to hit you with bus. It's ridiculous. Some of these episodes, but um, to, to the point, to, to the fact that they're, they are in talks to make a American version. I did find that out today and doing some research. And also one of the episodes, which is the entire history of you, um, is being optioned for a movie, an entire movie. Based I can on see that. Because I could too. The entire history of that episode, I was like, without trying to give out what that episode is truly about. Well, but I, let me say, all say the females in the world mm-hmm. will love this device. <laughs> well, no, you can, and if it got introduced in the world. So they you put, can talk about the device because, I mean, they introduced that in the first 15 seconds of the, of the episode. So they do a memory implant in people. Mm-hmm. And it records everything they do, see, hear, every bit of evidence every female has needed <laughs> against that lying ass guy who we know Are was so in <laughs> somebody else's house the other night or looking at that girl's butt when he told you he wasn't. <laughs> we all have the evidence. Like, all you can really do with the flick of your wrist, <laughs> you can really just... Say, look at what I saw, Look, go through that person's whole entire mind, see what they're thinking, see how they're visually seeing it. But for real, with that type of memory implant, we have so much access to being hurt. Like, you, it, as it, much as it could be good, it, it's, it's really harmful in a, in, a, in a very sinister way. It's, it's, mm-hmm. It takes a turn for the worse. It, 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 yeah, it does. And it's the one thing I will say about this show is that it introduces some really, really, really cool technologies that you will say to yourself and not all of them go bad, but some of them you're just like, yo, it'd be really cool to have that in my house. It'd be really cool to have that on my phone. It'd be really cool to be able to do that. So I applaud the imagination of a lot of the, the writers and I have no clue. Like I'm not even on front and, and know like, Oh, I'm this great TV movie director back backwood i mean back um backstage person i don't know who did this i don't know who's a part of this but it's really cool what they thought of the, the creativity is off the map with this show um but it really kind of especially in in people like me and kc and 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 me and hr and anybody who's in the technological world it makes you Think about the stuff that you do daily. So, like, for instance, with me, my personal story is I work um, a lot with, uh, let's let's just go to say medical records and health information. And that's one of the huge things that's going on right now with the Affordable Care Act, with everybody, everything else that's going around. I'm a big technological, per- technological person. This makes made me go back and think like, wow. We really have at our fingertips all the information on all these people. How is that so much different from the technology? I mean, it's it's a much scaled down version, but it makes you think about it. Like, and, and this is what is the cool thing about this show. It makes you really think and entertains you at the same time. 
Like, so, just a um, little background on the show also. It's only, it's got two seasons, um, two full seasons that are three episodes apiece. And then there is a one and a half hour special that was a Christmas special, of all things, that is broken up into three parts. Now, full disclosure, have not seen the third, the, 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 the Christmas special. It isn't on Netflix, but the, the two seasons are, um, you don't need, you can watch these individually. They're, they're like mini movies in themselves. It's like, they don't have bearing on each other. You just know that they're all kind of set in the same universe. Um, I think it's, it it was a very enjoyable, but thought provoking, sometimes stressful. I think thought provoking (laughs) doesn't even like hit the right words for the show. So like one of the like the first episode that you walk into just plays on how well we're into social media right now and how it's all about this likes and how much viewers we get. Like the first episode I promise you will have you just like turn off the TV and just think back and say certain things has got to change. And all I'm going to say just like so, like, right now in the news, they're talking about this fight in New York where these girls jumped this other girl in McDonald's, and there were so many people around them just watching and recording, and nobody is saying nothing, nobody's stopping the fight, and I find that shit so crazy. Not to say this is the first time it's happening, mm-hmm. but this is the first time it's happening, and we have all these recordings and all these proof and all this where we're really seeing that mankind really has gives no fucks about their brothers and sisters at all. All. That even and even to take that a step further, there was a, a South by Southwest Interactive just wrapped up, and I think film and music are next because it's a three week, it's a three week thing. But Interactive is is um, first. Shout out to Part Pick and um, the homie Jason Jason Crane. They did their thing and got won the incubator at South by Southwest, which is a big thing. They're they're an Atlanta startup. They're people I know close good people shout out to them um but one of the big stories that come out of south by southwest this week i don't know if you saw this was meerkat meerkat um actually does something i thought was was tried back in the day they allow people to instantly stream video kind of piggybacking on twitter so it it you tweet your link and you can instantly start um sharing sharing video and and they got buzz because Twitter the CEO of Twitter trashed them. Oh. And yeah, he he went off on a tirade. I, I I need to read the full full report of it, but he went off on them and they got boosted from there. Like of course, like anything, once you badmouth it, people are interested. Right. So they got a boost from that. Um just like the taxi cab drivers in in uh London when they yeah. went on their strike against Uber and Uber like 800 percent went up (laughs) that one day so no but meerkat basically you're able to pull out because what they saw was people instagramming tweeting vining videos from like ferguson right and we were getting our news from twitter and instagram and youtube quicker than we were getting it on the actual broadcast exactly and Meerkat was needed, and I see it. And they and this is of this is exactly what it is. And Meerkat is a, a video sharing platform where you can live stream immediately. Now, I, if I remember correctly, there was another kind of like Justin TV was part of that, and then there was another app, and I cannot remember yeah. it all for the life of me. Twitter helped me out. Facebook helped me out. <laughs> SoundCloud helped me out. Uh, that it used to do that, and it did it years ago, but it was kind of like. Hack and slash together. It wasn't the greatest thing in the world. So Meerkat's probably the the reincarnation. Um, the logo actually looks a little bit like um, Snapchat because it's a bright yellow logo with a white figure. I, I, like y'all, y'all are piggybacking. Oh well. Um, Copyright. <laughs> somebody getting sued tonight. But anyway, <laughs> um, but it, it's it's. Interesting that 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 can easily tie to especially like a couple of the episodes that are in here. Um, the national anthem, which is the first one, um, the 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 um, the white bear. White bear Ooh. is oh boy! If y'all have seen the purge, <laughs> white bear just took the purge to like a complete another technical. It just mishap. went mishap. 
And that shit is crazy. The White Bear is the episode where you just, after you watch it, you go sit somewhere and really think about society. Like, you become history, sociology major, and ethics major all wrapped in one. And you just sit there and you're like, it's it's creepy because you... I see it happening sometime soon. That's the crazy It's exactly thing. what it is. With, with the sensationalization of news media, with CNN and Fox News and MSNBC always looking for the most sensational thing with the rise of satirical sites like the onion, all of that wrapped into one and considering what's going on in the, in the episode, you just sit there and you think like, Holy shit. What did I just watch? And you're like, you enjoyed the hell out of it. You got personal satisfaction out of it. And then you judged yourself for that personal satisfaction. And then you thought about, wow, is this where I am? Is this where society is? Right. And when you make, and, and it's it's art imitating life, imitating art, imitating life a hundred times over. It, it's an amazing thing. So that's, and like I said, it's, the writing is smart. The production is intelligent. You can see it happening. That's why I'm interested I'm also I want to see this movie. I want to see the movie because um, I think it's it's um Robert Downey Jr. Nice. I Robert Downey that. Jr. optioned optioned uh, the the entire history of you as a movie. Um, it if you enjoy and, and if they do this right, I think it can be on the level of Inception. Yeah. Because it's, well, I don't know because Inception still blew my mind because I'm still confused <laughs> about a lot of things that went on in Inception. Just, yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean it it's one of those movies that's, if they do it the way it should be done could easily make you think like an in time or an inception or the matrix or it it has that it's real life but it's one turn of real life that could could really fuck with everything. Right. So cuz really even dope. if I mean there's a lot of the episodes, they really make you think, but like one of the episodes that kind of touched me was Be Right Back. That was like season two. And with that episode, you know, there's a death in a family. And, you know, people always kind of want to bring back that person just because you had so much connection. That love was so strong. You didn't want them to go. Not like they got old and died, but something tragic really happened. And it kind of just fucks up your whole world. Mm -hmm. And you want them to come back. And it th this episode touches it. And it was just like... It just made you, it made me first feel like I needed that. Because, you know, I've, I've lost some people in my family. You know, I wanted them to come back. And then it was just like, do you really want them back in your life in that way where you're not even healing from the process that they died? And, like, possibly this is some fake person in front of you. Like, you, you're you basically so, quote-unquote, in love with that person. Mm -hmm. And no matter which form of love that... You just can't let them go. Is that a safe bond to have? Because I feel like this can be turned in so many ways that we're, even like in Instagram lights today where we're holding on to some dude that's sitting there, woman crush Wednesday, some other chicken. <laughs> you just now hurt as shit. Like, you know, you just going to keep them just because you mm -hmm. want them so much. Is that like unhealthy relationship? Like, I feel like and it brings so much. It brings up the conversation because there's like, there's a service now. I mean, it's more because in the past, the only way you could access people you've lost is through photographs and memories and talking about them. People I, I had recently, this is something you talked about. I had recently a, a person from my high school class pass away. I can still go to his to his Facebook page. Right. And his wall will make you boohoo. He's still here. Yeah. People are just writing the nicest things in the world. And and. He was a good guy. He was somebody that I, I was not super close to, but he was one of my, like, we were always very cordial to each other. He was a, he was a cool guy. We joked around and stuff. And I've seen that before where people, that's the first, first thought is go to their Facebook page right. and write something yeah. to remember them by. Right. And it's that, it, like I said with this show, they have everything that we have now and just kind of pushed it to the next level, right. which makes because it seem... that's where it's going to go, and that's where we're not seeing it. Somebody's sitting out there saying, we need this service, but then there's these people who created Black Mirror saying, 
look where this service might take you. You <laughs> might want to be careful because you pushing the wrong mm-hmm. buttons right now. Like, seriously, come back. And, like, we kind of have to remove ourselves from so much tech in the world. Like, seriously, go outside on a summer evening and count how many kids you see out there just really playing that are not forced by, like, parents. They, like, mm-hmm. truly playing with some, like, random ball sticks, just, just outside playing because it's a nice day and not inside, like, or on their phone mm-hmm. stuck to Instagram, stuck to Facebook, stuck to Twitter, stuck to playing some new video game that just came out. Like, seriously, think about how many, how much technology has incorporated your life. How many of y'all right now can't go outside without leaving y'all phone in the house? That's real. That's real. And one of the guys, that, that's tough. And one of the guys I was talking to, not talking to, but one of the people I pull a lot of, of content from and, and interest from, his name is Tim Ferriss. He's huge. Um, wrote books for our work week for our body. Look him up. It's easy to find his stuff. He has instituted in his life a day with no screens. So every Saturday he leaves his cell phone at home. He doesn't watch TV. He goes out. It's easier because he lives in California and he doesn't have to deal with snow, but (laughs) (laughs) he goes out and he, he gets away from all of that. And it's, it's something that people are proving are really, a good thing to to break away from technology a little bit and get back to natural living, if you if you will. Um, Ariana Huffington is another person who's who's big on that because she got herself to the point where she had a stroke, or it was either a stroke or a heart attack because she was constantly in her phone, stressing about emails, stressing about everything else. And Ariana Huffington, um, chief editor or just owner of Huffington Post, I think she's chief editor. Yeah. Yeah, but she interesting lady, nonetheless. Um, so with all that said, to kind of wrap it up, Black Mirror is something you should watch to enjoy, and it will make educate you... Educate yourself. Educate yourself. Thing. There you yes. go. Educate yourself. So that is Black Mirror. Sarah told me she fought them off. I put a reward on my website for anyone who catches these creeps. She also tell you these creeps have a grudge against you and your game? There's nothing in the game for them to be angry about. You can choose how you play. You can wage peace or war, have a patriarchy or a matriarchy, be eco-conscious or industrialized. I know. I read on Kotaku that it's better than Civ V with the Brave New World expansion pack. Okay, well, the guys that attacked Sarah weren't as evolved as my partner. No, look. That was a clip from the episode of Law & Order SVU. Um that examined Gamergate, which was a tragic situation where a group of women created a video game, programmed a video game, and launched a video game, and then received a number of threatening emails, tweets, Facebook posts, just general harassment against them, in be just mainly because they were women, which is extremely unfortunate. So, because we have the opportunity today that we have a woman with us, we want to not talk about the episode because the episode was kind of like an amalgamation of the real story, but we really wanted to examine the world of technology and working in technology through a woman's eyes. So, Casey, you you currently work as a woman in technology, um, unless there's something you want to tell me. No, I don't moonlight. Not yet. Okay. Um, and but basically, I had a couple of questions because okay, I'm a I'm a dude in technology. I, I work for a tech company. I worked as a programmer. I've worked as a consultant. And needless to say that there was there was a very very few women in the especially the programming environment, the consulting environment not so much. Because women come from, uh, when you're in consulting, you come from different backgrounds. Um, so, like, you could be, if it's healthcare consulting, there's a lot of women that come and can provide the nursing aspect or the, the physician's aspect or the billing office aspect. And so there's a lot more women in the consulting technology arena than there are in the development arena or the, the programming arena or the any any level of that other hierarchy or the other side of the business that actually creates the software, creates hardware, engineering, those types of things. So in your personal experience, 
Have you experienced any discrimination? Have you experienced any things that you felt were unfair to you as a result of being a woman in, in, in this space? Because I, I'm I'm coming into technology in a day and age where you're starting to see a lot more women into it. Um, not full on discrimination per se, but there have been the multiple groups I've been in where the males in the group who, because you are a female, and especially because you're a young female, they will, they don't really take your advice they don't want to hear what you have to say. Basically, you should just be in the background. I've had conversations or rather I've been in meetings where some people are waiting for you to basically like pour the water, pour the coffee out for everybody that's at the table just because you're the female and they haven't really noticed it. And people have written about it and I didn't really realize it until reading about it in Cheryl Sand- Sandberg's book, um, Lean In. And it was very, it's very interesting to say it's always some really low key type of discriminations where some people will pass it off. But then if you sit back and think, it's like, wait, is that just because I'm a female? So I haven't gotten the full on where I would say damn near getting stoned discrimination for being in the tech world. But I have gotten it to where they don't think I actually know what I'm doing until I actually, like I actually have to fight a lot harder to show that I actually know what I'm doing, especially as a young female. Cause this world is really, um, tech world is still very much a man's world, especially an older man's world. And it's, um, it's just always me fighting to say, I have to do my 200% best at everything that I do. Okay. Um, I can understand that. Uh, I think part of that, might be one because okay now full disclosure i went to all-male university college and so there weren't a lot of women in my classes at the college level but even when i was taking computer science ap computer science in high school there was it, it was a dudes club there was two girls in the class of 30 in my high school uh, in ap computer science um in all of my classes at my institution, um, fuck it, I'm just going to say it. Shout out to Morehouse. Yes, we were all male institution, but the classes that, that women cross-registered into were my math classes. In my humanities classes, but the but for my major, it was math classes. It wasn't our, our, our computer science classes. Now, to be 100% fair, Morehouse computer science isn't as well known, but... I mean, it's as well known as the MITs, the techs and everything, but for damn sure, we got a, we got a very good education because a lot of our graduates went on to Microsoft, Google, Apple, Facebook, you name it, IBM, HR paper stacks in the, uh, given video game developer of his, of his, his working, um, it wasn't as well known as like a Georgia Tech or MIT, but we also didn't have women clamoring into our classes. Now, clamoring? Are you saying we're a distraction? For no, your no, 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 clamoring to get into our classes. Okay, but that's <laughs> mostly because the school across the street actually had a better computer science program <laughs> than Morehouse. Oh, but we we're go. not going to argue. Here about we that. go. God damn it! Um, but I love that whole AUC. Um, shout out to Spelman. <laughs> but anyway. Um, but here's the the thing is I did notice, especially when I was in the programming environment, my programming team did not have any women. And this was at a major company. I can say it intercontinental hotel group, IHG who owns holiday Inn and a bunch of other, um, companies didn't have any women in their programming on my team. Other teams, we did have some, um, but it, it, I'm it's, not going to say we're not a rare find, um, but the fact is, when you do find them, is it should you just now just lower them because you don't see that many females in technology? So, like, I went to I went to Spelman. So our computer science class started off pretty big, and we ended up as you know a graduating class of four or five. 
in our senior year comp sci and it's something that we're working on to get more females into STEM world, into technology, into computer science, but they still have this men's world where literally we should stick to learning how to cook, you know, that type of mindset, not saying it's still in that full on, we should be a housewife, but it's still where people look at us as though whenever I tell people I'm a developer, they look back like, oh, oh, you smart. I'm like, well, shit, am I supposed to be dumb? Like, <laughs> hello, like, you know, there are some smart girls out there. So it's, it's still that mentality that needs to change. And and we are, we're fine. But once you find them, shit, accept them, not just put them down. Like, Do you feel that any of that same criticism could be brought because you're an African-American woman? Yes. An African-American young female, yes. Um, I don't know how to, but it's almost like, I don't know, just being being African-American, I have to fight a lot more regardless of what I'm doing. I have to Mm -hmm. fight a lot more just to prove that I'm worthy. And then being a female on top of that just makes it, you have to feel you're worthy in a tech world where you have to constantly prove that you know something. And then when we say that we know something, it can come off as cocky because that's supposedly our stereotype. Stereotype that we're just that loud, have to be very aggressive kind of thing. But yet we have to in order just for us to sit in this men's seat, to sit on that board exec room where I've had to shun people with a way of not just stepping back. I have to actually be forward and very... My friends call it blunt and rude and Debo, but hey, I have to do it in order to for me to survive in my I, career. I, I ain't want to be the asshole, and you got to promise not to hit me. But uh, <laughs> um, you, you do. You are kind of loud sometimes. Thanks. Sometimes, just yeah. sometimes. But it's, it's warranted. It's warranted. Yeah. Um, well, I will say this because, like, from my own personal experience as a young African American male in the tech arena, um, there's there's a lot of things I've run into both ageism and 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 not necessarily well yes racism but ageism and racism wrapped up especially since I, I i think a lot of the companies that we're dealing with it for me at least i've worked for old money companies i've worked for companies that are not as accepting um they are accepting of certain things and are coming around in diversity but I I can't speak for the the ideas and the the experience of people at like a Facebook somebody who's it's a newer company or a um, Google or well I can't even say Microsoft anymore because Microsoft is pretty much old money too almost right. and it's those, not like I came from slavery money um, <laughs> but those newer companies are definitely more accepting and they're putting in more money to pull in more females from all different ages to Mm -hmm. be in a STEM career where the company I work on, it was built on old white beige people money. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, you always will see beige people. Yes. That's my coin term for white (laughs) beige people at the top, at the exec levels. You start seeing some women there, but it's definitely beige women there. And Mm -hmm. they not, they are not really in the tech world. They just know business of tech Mm -hmm. and they keep getting that, that, that quote unquote nickname that, oh, they're an exec of technology when they're really not because they know nothing about the technology that goes on behind it. They're just business savvy. So then how can I push myself as a true tech and business person to move up if you're only looking you know, like you always stick right. You only stick to that side because that's what you feel women can be best at. You're still not awarding us as we can be as tech savvy as the boys. Okay, that's interesting, and that's that's definitely something that um, I think that is a big takeaway. Um, just include everybody, guys. Like that. Like th- this is one of the things that I always look at. Judge a person on, and this is this is my great enlightenment moment of the week. <laughs> I haven't had them yet, but maybe I'll do one every week. Judge people on the content of themselves. If, if there's one thing I can't stand, it's stupid. 
If you're stupid, I don't care if you're a man, if you're a woman, if you're white, if you're black, if you're purple, if you're green, if you're Indian, if you're Asian, if you're stupid and you cannot help the cause of getting work done, fuck out of here. Like, I I can't deal with you (laughs) at any level. Like, it drives me nuts when I have to re-explain something 17 times and have to, to do your work for you. Or tell you step by step how to do your job. Stupid is stupid. That's the biggest discrimination I have. Is if you're going to be stupid. Then just get the hell out of my way. So. Um, speaking of. One of the people. Who you kind of. Were talking about as far as. A person who. Is. Business person, but not necessarily a woman in tech. She's a woman ahead of a tech business. Marissa Meyer is head of Yahoo. And Yahoo actually brought back one of my favorite shows this week in their streaming service. (sighs) So, (laughs) and that was the show of Community. Community uh, aired on NBC for five seasons. It got it was another Family Guy case where or Family Guy or Futurama where it got canceled and then brought back because in syndication it got brought up and people streamed it re- relentlessly. So now, th- did you stream it or did you download it? I look, damn it, look, look. I have not acquired anything illegally. Streaming, okay. Mm-hmm. Where I was going with this, and that was such a beautiful segue that nobody will ever compliment me on. Um, I need HR paper stacks back. Um, <laughs> don't get that attitude. Don't give me that look. <clears throat> Sip your tea. Anyway, <laughs> um, they brought back community largely because of the fan base. And so that begs to, to ask the question, streaming services and internet downloads are more and more prevalent daily. And as we have less time in our day because we have to work more because we're poor, (laughs) we have to find times to watch our favorite programs via streaming or via download. Um, What do you think is going on in the uh, streaming arena? Because we've had some, and, and let me preface this with this. We've had some interesting things hop up. We have Chromecast. We have Kindle, um, the Kindle stick, uh, Chromecast, and then Apple in their announcement last week. By the way, what up? I called it on the MacBooks because I made somebody slip up at the store. You heard it here first. Um, they dropped their... bribed them. I didn't bribe nobody. I told a story last week. Mm-hmm. If you were listening to the podcast, you would know. Uh-huh. See? Uh-huh. I'm a good friend, guys. <laughs> but, um... Apple dropped their Apple TV to $65. Well, I mean, Apple's smart because I definitely need another Apple TV in my house (laughs) because I'm not walking up and down steps so I can get to my streaming services. Another one. Um, Yes, technology. It is my life. (laughs) Get over it. Moving on. But I feel like Apple, it's been rumored that they're definitely in the talks with these major um, network companies. um, Let's say... TV network companies. Let me say it that way. NBC, ABC, yeah. CBS. The major ones. Fox, even though it's Fox. Yeah. But um, <laughs> people are pissed off at the regular cable companies to where I have to pay these major amount of prices for all these channels that I don't even watch. Or just I really only want to select few or can I just group my own shit? And half the time I'm not even home to watch it. So with Apple... Dropping the Apple TV, I really see them fully, finally getting the contracts with these networks to create streaming services of the TV shows that they see people are always watching. Like, we sit there and watch Empire together, Family Night, on Twitter, (laughs) when we can just schedule our own time together, like, rather than have to be forced at the couch at the same time, even though some people DVR it and they get counted for the DVRs regardless. Mm -hmm. But that streaming service can just start getting counted different ways. Like, I feel like all these networks were just going to be able to pay 
five to ten dollars a month for our specific channels that we really like. And if a new show comes, hey, that's the that's the whole point. Force these networks to actually create some good ass shows that I actually want to watch your channel. Because look at Shonda got ABC down. Mm-hmm. Like don't nobody go nowhere on Thursdays. <laughs> Empire has locked Fox down. Nobody cared for Fox. Well, let me say, black people didn't care for Fox anymore after their news broadcast just like just needed to be slapped well, half the time. And that's something I'll say about just to interject about Fox here. Fox News is some bullshit. Local Fox, a lot of people like, which I find really interesting because like Fox Twenty Nine in Philadelphia has some of my favorite people on it. Um, Fox Five here has some of my in, in Atlanta has some of my, my favorite people on it. But as far as damn Fox News, Fox News can kiss my ass. And Don Lemon. You heard it here first. <laughs> Don Lemon can kiss my ass too. But it, it, you're, 100, you're, you're 100% right. I watch the majority of my shows on Hulu Plus, on um, Netflix, Hulu Plus, or I DVR things. Because I don't have time during my day. Um, like recently... After I get done with work, with my my nine to five job, I come and work on a podcast. I come in and create content. I come and do other things. I want to get out of my house. I want to go to a happy hour. And I don't want to have to race home to, to watch to watch Empire. Even though I do have tons of fun on Twitter with, with everybody tweeting about Empire and tweeting about uh whatever is happening. The only honestly, the only reason I have not canceled my cable, and I think I said this like episode one is HBO and live sports. Because that's where they really have us by the nuts, honestly. Uh, well, me by the nuts. <laughs> um, is live sports as far as basketball, football, baseball, soccer, you name it. That's where the only real reason I can see to need network television. If every service or every channel offers their content in a certain way, um, where, it, and I will say in a certain way, because Hulu works fine for me, but here's my biggest issue is with CBS. you miss that, that live TV or rather that same night kind of, you do. I want to watch my shows right now. I still got to wait till tomorrow kind of incident. Yeah, you do. And it's not that it's not real time. Right. Um, and sometimes you want real time, right. but I don't think you want it enough to have to pay $150, 160 $170 right. a month exactly. for it. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm so tired of paying <laughs> my damn direct TV bill where the little wind can knock out my service for the whole entire week. Like, I can't, I can't deal with Which that Which is anymore. ridiculous. When uh, the internet stable is uh, through that whole thing, right. it's stable. exactly. Stable so is it, the hell. It doesn't make any sense. Like, I just want to knock that dish off the top of my roof some of the times. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, really, it's really annoying. But it's still more so, I guess what it is now where... That family time, that when I call it family mm-hmm. time, is black Twitter. Like that's what <laughs> it makes shows so much more fun and different. Where I can just say exactly how I'm feeling, that or rather, all the stuff that I've been screaming at the TV, I can now say to other people because they're now <laughs> feeling the same way in my house. So it that's what I kind of really miss about it, and that's the only reason why I want live stream TV. But I'm also paying for so many other channels that I don't even care to all. exist. There are certain channels I haven't watched ever um, <laughs> that I know that are on my, like, the, the outdoors channels. Like, that's not something I'm into, but I'm sure somebody else is because they make tons of money. And my favorite wrestler hosts a show on one of them. Um, Heartbreak Hit, Shawn Michaels. Shout out. I was a WWF fan. He was a nerd. I was a complete nerd, and we've covered that a number of times. But um, it's just basically, this is another step in the direction of cutting off the TV cable and I'm interested to see where it goes and see and then I'm scared because this goes back to our TV segment Mm -hmm. where cutting off the TV cable means that we're still going to be stuck to our phones tablets laptops trying to stream all these shows to where we like now we forget how to have full conversations with people no more do you really text that new person that you met or I mean do you really call that new person or do you only text that person like what is it today where oh, I'm sorry, Sean, people so call you call and you don't answer and it's like you text them back. Like we don't That's talk true. to people anymore. So That's I true. just feel this is going to make it worse. <laughs> but I also love to see my bill go down. So Amen. 
<laughs> preach on that. So I think we're we're in a place where we want to see where it goes, and it's been very good to us. And and we're all taking steps to control how we consume media. So with that, uh, I think we're we're all in agreement. We want to see where it goes, and uh, we're all going out to buy these sixty five dollar Apple TVs. I know that damn much. <laughs> so with that, go and enjoy how you will. Peace. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to episode three of Virtual Dopeness. PJ Needs New Chairs. I figured we needed a long podcast title for the long Drake album title. Uh, Once again, we want to hear your feedback. Reach out to us at Virtual Dopeness on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Virtual Dopeness and VirtualDopeness.com. Big exciting news of the week is we are officially in iTunes. So go in and get subscribed. Um, We really want to thank you again. And as always, be virtual and live dope.